You are listening to Unraveling Rachel. This is a podcast all about this journey that we call life and how we can live it more authentically so that it sucks less and feels better. Hey friends. So I want to start off first by thanking everyone who listened to the first few episodes of Unraveling Rachel. I put those out there um, and it was a little scary and a lot exciting and they were received so well. I heard back from many of you um, saying thank you for sharing, that they were inspired to one day do the same, that they look forward to listening and learning more, that it was nice just to listen to my experiences um, and other people that also looked forward to hearing what guests would have to say. And it just felt so good to put it out there and have it be well received and see that my fear was really kind of not for much, you know, (laughs) Um, the things, the worst case scenarios, which I did write out. Um, one of the techniques for moving through fear is to just acknowledge it and acknowledge like all these crazy stories that sit in our heads and get it out. So I sat down and I wrote all the worst case scenarios that could happen. Like people would hate me and think it was stupid. And, um, some people wouldn't want to talk to me anymore or no one would listen Um, yeah, crazier things too. And maybe one day I will find that rating and share it directly with you all. But, um, so after those first three episodes, it's kind of been a while, hasn't it? Um, I had other episodes that I had planned to, um, release and they didn't feel right anymore. And so I didn't do it. They didn't feel relevant and... I wanted this, my, my intention, one of them for this podcast is to keep it authentic and keep it relevant and keep it, um, uh, in the moment of unraveling. And so those weren't really working. So I chose not to release them and instead just take a little time off. And, um, that is thanks to life. <laughs> life happened. <clears throat> I ended up moving, um, kind of unexpectedly moving is something that I wanted to do in the new year anyway, but I wasn't planning to do that until more like March or April. And then just events unfolded that made it make sense and it made it make sense, but it didn't really make sense with the amount of time that I had to do it. Um, And so it was a bit rushed and I was a little stressed and then I got sick and it's been taking me some time to settle into my new place, which is a really great new place with like-minded people and a nice space for me to do this and just a nice bright space for me to be creative and do the thinking and the writing and the intentional sort of living that I want to do um, that I think is part of this unraveling process when we really embrace it 
at least that's what it looks like for me. And it might look like something different from for other people. Um, might look like something totally different for you. And that's totally okay. Um, everyone has their own process. This is mine. This is mine. Having more peaceful, quiet time. Having a space that's comfortable. Having um, people who also understand what this process is can be like and how to deal with their emotions and how to regulate and sense energies and to move through them. Having people like that around me is really important. So that means being around people who are in some stage of their own unraveling process rather than just pushing their way through life. So that's where I've been. I've been doing that thing, and by the way, this episode is just going to be me talking about that and some things that it's brought up, Um, and one of the big things that it's made me think about is home, and what is home? What, What is home in that sense of like that place that it is that we belong, and then like is it really related to home in physical form? Home is in that dwelling that we reside in and spend most of our time in. Are they one and the same? And I think home is something that has been an issue for me. Issue. Issue doesn't feel right. A a theme. Seeking home is a has been a theme for me for much of my life. And you know, as a young kid, young like a baby, I think that home because of the, the way that our subconscious works, we home is just where we feel safe and secure, and it's that as a, I think it's our human nature to be seeking that comfort. And so home first comes to us in the form of our mother and the womb. And then when we're birthed into our family home and how that feels and home for me, I can't remember as a young, young child, but I remember around, you know, probably eight or 10 and home for me wasn't uh, really a pleasant place and my parents divorced when I was 12 and I remember when my mom asked me or told me about it and that's how I felt and I was like it's about fucking time I felt that way about it so um, home was not safe and secure and feeling good and full of love Uh, and around I can remember around the age of like 12 and I think it was 12 because I can remember this at my grandparents' house and that's when we moved after my parents' divorce wondering who I was and why am I here? Why am I here? And Why are we here like as humans? And what's the purpose and what's the point and how... How do I feel, how am I supposed to feel at ease here? 
how am I supposed to feel good in life? How am I supposed to feel purposeful? And in a way, it's like, how am I supposed to make this my home? How am I supposed to make this life my home? How am I supposed to, like, where is home? What is home? And I think I've been looking for that for a lot of my life. I moved across the country to California when I was 20 um, because home, home as in Ohio and being with my family didn't feel like home, didn't feel um, at ease, safe, comfortable, like a place where I could be who I was meant to be. And so I started seeking. And in California, I have been in San Diego for the whole time in many different parts, in many different parts of San Diego. But um, for the most part, except for a brief stint where I lived in the San Bernardino Mountains and a little place called Arrow Bear for a few months, um, I've been in San Diego. And, oh, I guess there was a little bit of time in Carlsbad, which technically isn't San Diego City, but it is San Diego County. So, um, yeah, in San Diego, all around San Diego, I've been here for 16 years, and I've probably moved like 12 times. And the first few times I moved, I didn't make those spaces anything special, Uh, It was a place with a room and a bed and a dresser and, like, very functional. Um, And it probably wasn't until my place in 2008 when I moved to a three-bedroom apartment in Little Italy that I really started to make my home. Um, And when I first moved there, I had a, a smaller room in the place, and I didn't really do much to it. Again, it was room, bed, functional. Um, But the space itself that I moved into was already decorated and already felt really homey, and the roommate was really inviting, and it was a, it was a very, like, nourishing place um, of friendship, companionship, um, people coming and hanging out. And that was kind of different to places that I had lived before when I was here. And it was really nice. And when she moved out, I took her room, which was big with these beautiful bay windows that overlooked the airport and um, the, the harbor area here in San Diego. So I could see the Navy ships over at Coronado and the Midway Museum and Um, see the Plains land, which I absolutely love. And actually the place that I moved to that I'm sitting in and recording from right now is also in the flight path. And I don't have a great recording area set up yet. So you might hear some planes going over depending on how well it can be edited. Um, and I thought about that today as I was going to sit down and record and I was like, you know what? It'll be okay. It'll be okay. If I wait for the moment where everything is perfect to do this, you guys are going to be waiting till next December for a podcast because that perfection just, 
it doesn't happen. Not in my life and, and not, um, I don't know, maybe it's just not in my life, but I would guess it's probably in most of our lives. And we keep waiting for that perfection, to ha- that perfect moment when everything's just right and all these things line up and we feel, we feel it and then we do it. Um, but that moment often never comes and then it's like, oh my gosh, like what have I been doing? Um, that's my story anyway. Um, so anyway, home, back to home. Um, that place in 2008 really, I I lived there for, I think the longest I've lived almost anywhere in San Diego. That might be true. Yeah. Um, like three and a half years. And I loved it. I loved the area. I loved the room. Um, I ended up having really great roommates and I made it homey. That was really the first place that I made really homey intentionally, like with my own art on the walls, hanging things. Yeah, that's right. I didn't hang things in places that I lived before. It was just, I mean, there was furniture and stuff like that to make it homey, but I didn't put pictures up. I didn't, I didn't really do any of that. Um, aside from like an art piece of my name on it that a friend from high school gave me that I would put up in every place. Um, so, uh, after that I started making my space, my home, and it became a real relief for me. And the more I did it, the more intentional, like every time I moved, (laughs) the more intentional I became with that space and really paying attention to the energy that it contributed to my life and the influence that that intentional creation of the space could have on how I was feeling. And so when the shift came for this move that happened, um, the space that I was in, the room itself was incredible. It was, it was so light and bright and airy and I felt really like at home and comfortable in there and cozy and safe and I could write and reflect and record. Um, but the rest of the space and the people in it, great people, great space, just not nurturing to where I was at. It was much more social and outward and people around all the time and, um, just not people who were experiencing or seeking, I think, at least in a similar way, the way that I was seeking and the, doing the things that I learned, like focusing on communicating and introspecting work like Vipassana and understanding emotions and understanding where other people are coming from. Um, I think I might actually make it kind of like a requirement. Anyone I live with from now on is going to have to have read the four agreements, (laughs) which I will talk about more on this podcast because I think that they are so important for living a peaceful life 
um, and a more energetically fluid life and a less stressful life. And um, I don't know if I've talked about it before. I think I may have mentioned it, but I'm just going to summarize the four agreements right here so that you know um, what I'm talking about. And the four agreements are by Don Miguel Ruiz, and they are be impeccable with your word, speak with integrity, say only what you mean, avoid using the word to speak against yourself or to gossip about others, use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. And don't take anything personally. And this one, I mean, they're all really, really important, I think. But don't take anything personally. This one has changed my life so much. Um, Nothing others do is because of you. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own their own dream, their own, like, what's going on in their head. And when you're immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. So when someone lashes out now, I can usually see it as something going on with them. I do evaluate, like, okay, what did I do? What what happened there? And try and, like, just look at it objectively um, rather than taking it personally right away, which... I used to really do anytime anyone said anything to me or did something, it was like a personal attack. And now that I'm aware of like this human tendency and I I watch it, I can, I can see how others take things personally and may react or how others react from a personal place to me. And I don't, take it personally. And I think being impeccable with your word helps to um, make it so that others won't take things personally. Because when we're clear, when we speak clearly, then there's no ambiguity. And so there's less of a chance that they can, that another person can take it uh, in a way other than we intended. Doesn't mean it won't happen, but the clearer we can be, I think the less that's likely. And then that ties into the next agreement, which is don't make assumptions. Find the courage to ask questions and to express what we, what you really want. Communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstandings, sadness, and drama. And with just this one agreement, you can completely transform your life. So, um, and I'm, I'm reading a summary from like the inside of the book cover that don't make assumptions R- right there. When we're impeccable with our word, it's harder for others to make assumptions. Um, and we don't want to make assumptions when others aren't impeccable with their word. So if we can be courageous, ask questions, seek clarity, be very clear with what we want, um, there's just so much that can be uh, avoided. Um, and it really, it really is a life changing. All of these agreements are life changing and then always do your best. And your best is going to change from moment to moment. It would be different when you're healthy as opposed to when you're sick, but under any circumstances, simply do your best and you will avoid self judgment, self abuse and regret. Because if, we know that we are always doing our best and that, and we know that that will change depending on what's going on around us 
in those circumstances and how we're feeling, then we can know that we've always done whatever it is that we could. And then the the rest of it, you know, where, where maybe we're sick, we're having a bad day and we haven't been the kind of person we want. It's okay. It's okay. We know we've, we've done our best and we can have that, that gentle compassion for ourselves that we would have for a friend. You know, if a friend was sick or not feeling good and wasn't up to doing something, like we wouldn't beat them up for it. Or at least I hope I wouldn't, not anymore. Um, maybe there was a time when I would, but in that time where I would, it was because I also couldn't give that kind of love and understanding and compassion. And it's okay to not be 100% all of the time, um, reassurance to myself. So anyway, the four agreements, I think everybody should read them. Everybody. I really like, If I could make it so that everyone that I knew and everyone I had to work with and everyone that I had to live with um, understood these, I like that would be so ideal for my life. And, it, you know, maybe in some way that that's part of what this is about, me hopping on here on this microphone and talking and sharing and just getting it out there because not not just like selfishly so that it makes my life easier. Although, you know what, that's a big part of it because I, you know, it's, that's part of making, um, this home piece, right. Um, seeking a comfortable, energetically flowing, safe, I guess I want to say sort of peaceful, um, sense in life. Um, but I can only control myself, so really, and I'll get into that, because that's where I think home really is. Home is within us. But, um, yeah, it would be nice if everyone else <laughs> could do these things, too. And if everyone else did do these things, really, the beautiful thing I think about it is it'll help them feel more at home, more at home with themselves, more at home where they're at, and then create that space for other people around them and just have this great ripple effect. There'll be less stress. They'll be happier. And so, yeah, me hopping on here and sharing that is getting this out to as many people as, as I can, whoever will listen. And, um, if you're listening, I hope that you'll consider these and, um, maybe look into the book. It's a really good one. It's a short one. It's a super easy read and it's not, complicated. It's not heady. Like sometimes some of this like personal development, spiritual development stuff can be a little, um, I don't want to say complicated, but it really makes you think it's really, it can be really heady or like, uh, philosophical. And this is very, very practical. It is everyday simple advice that will, reduce the stress that life can bring uh, you so much. It has, it has for me, it really has. I used to keep, um, so this is on the inside cover of the book and I, I tore it out and I put it on my desk when I worked at my corporate job to help remind me that to do these things because they would make my life easier. So anyway, um, where was I? Four agreements. I would love 
everyone I know, everyone I'm going to have to interact with to have read them. Pour some coffee and have a sip and get myself back on track. Home, right? That's what I was talking about. And home shifting, home in relation to like the place that we call home and what what is home and home being a place that's inside of us. So home's also coming up because I am embarking on a trip back home and that home I put in um, like air quotes over here that you can't see because I'm using home to refer to that place where I grew up. And it's not even like the same dwelling that I grew up in. It's just where my family is right now. Um, and my mom lives in a town not too far from where I grew up. She's remarried. I'm going to go and stay with her and I'm going to see some family that I haven't seen in a long time. My sister, um, she married two years ago. Yeah, yeah, two years ago. Um, and that's the last time that I was out there for the wedding. And she had a baby back in August. So I'm going home to meet my niece for the first time. And I have, yeah, I have a lot of emotional, energetic sort of things with this place that I call home. It's a place that I don't love. I, it's cold. There's no, there's not a lot there to do. And I think that's changed. It should be in, in all fairness, like I've been gone for 16 years, right? I'm sure that's changed. I'm sure there, I know actually that there's yoga there now and that there's more like culture and, and healthful foods and like things like that coming in. And I'm less, I know that a lot of my judgments of it are, are actually <laughs> a projection of the reality that I lived when I was there and not actually what is occurring. So one of my intentions when I go back is to be more open and be more, um, just more open to what's actually there and what's actually unfolding, um, in that area to see maybe what good is there. Um, not that I've always thought it was bad. I have a lot of nostalgic memories of it too. Um, mostly of food, (laughs) pizza, cheese puffs, um, pizza, lots of pizza, ice cream. And it's funny cause I can't eat any of that stuff anymore. My body said like enough, you ate enough when you were a kid. So, um, going back in like the middle of January, which is crazy. Um, but I'm, I'm going back at this time because it also coincides with a trip that some friends that I met at C school, just Lively's C school in Sydney, um, are going to be attending in Pittsburgh. That's some friends from C school in Sydney, just Lively's 
Sydney Sea School event uh, where I met some really super amazing women who have been um, incredibly supportive and an integral part, I think, of really um, helping me get this out here. Uh, we're meeting up in Pittsburgh for another Just Lively event, and I'll be there for two days, and then Pittsburgh's really close to where I'm from, and I'll be going over there. So, um, but it's going to be like a high of 17 degrees. <laughs> 17 degrees. I have not seen weather that cold in a really long time because uh, I stopped going home for the holidays and stuff several years ago because I was going home and it was the same old thing and I decided I wanted to put my energy for travel elsewhere, my energy for experiences elsewhere, which I do not regret at all. Um, you know, I there's some family that I wish I could see more, but I, there are a lot of, there's a lot of world, a lot of experiences that I needed to see. And I think that when we go out and we have those experiences, it enriches our experience of that home that we're from. And it also steers us in the direction of understanding what that home is, home, that home really is that we seek. And as I've been pondering on this quite a lot lately, I keep coming back to um, one of my favorite books, The Alchemist, and I think it's really relevant. And I go back and reread it every couple years, and it's time. It's time to reread it. So I think I'm going to grab that with me and take it on the plane um, to Pittsburgh and give it a reread and maybe I'll, I'll talk about, talk about it on another podcast coming soon. Um, and I'm not going to get into it right now other than to say that it reminds me of the alchemist, this finding home within oneself and that being where home really is. And then that brings me to that saying home is where the heart is, uh, which I'm not sure I really understood until maybe right now. <laughs> and I don't even know if I still understand it, but I'm getting there. And that's part of the unraveling process is just letting it unfold and collecting the experiences, the information, observing the feelings, moving through them as they come and being uncomfortable in the uncertainty of not knowing and trusting that everything is unfolding perfectly, allowing it to do so, surrendering the control um, to something greater than ourselves. For me, I call it the universe. And then being curious about everything that comes up instead of coming from that controlling aspect of I know what's going to happen or I know what should happen. I know what I want to happen. And then only looking for those things, only being open to that, it cuts us off from so much possibility. So, and in this, I have, I have incredible, I have had a lot of trouble with this. I still do sometimes. Um, but being impeccable with my word here, um, and 
also not wanting to define myself into a box of, I have trouble with this, like identifying with it, but saying like, this is something that's come up for me. And it's, it's something I am much better at now is that surrendering the control because I see how when I surrender my need to define and control everything and know exactly what's coming, I open up to so much more possibility because I, I now believe that we can't, we, we don't know what's out there. We really don't. And if we keep our eyes open and instead of narrow focus for what we think needs to happen, we expand our options. We expand like that possibility. And I think sometimes the universe plans things even greater than we can ever imagine. And that's really, really cool. And really sometimes really, really scary to allow that to be because it puts us in a state of, um, I don't know what might happen. And it can, if we choose to view it that way, make us feel powerless or it can make us feel absolutely magical. And I'm choosing to feel, I'm choosing more often to feel the magic because the magic is way more fun than the, oh my God, what's happening? I don't know what's going on. I feel absolutely powerless to everything unfolding. I don't, I don't know what's coming. Instead, it's like, oh, well, why, why did I maybe find myself in this situation? So I use this when I moved. The, the moving came as a, like I said, as a surprise, basically, Basically, someone else moved into the house and a current roommate told me to get out. Um, (laughs) And that, yeah, I'm not going to get into like all the details here, but it was like, okay, well, why this? Why now? And, And I could have been like, what the fuck? Like, this is my space. I don't you know, I don't appreciate this. And that there was a little, you know, I did put boundaries in place. Like, you know, this is, this is a space that I pay for. If this is what's going to happen, let's have a talk about it. Like I'm open to, um, moving, but in the meantime, like where I live still needs to be respected. Um, but with that went the curiosity of why now? And how could this work out for me? And I talked about it to someone and they said, oh, hey, I know someone who's going through a roommate transition. You should talk to them. Talk to them. Oh, hey, you should come by and check out our place. Came by, checked out the place, loved it. And this is really cool to me. Almost exactly, I think, 10 years or maybe 11 years to the day of the same thing happening when I moved into that place in Little Italy, which was a huge shift in my life. And that one was maybe not as graceful, probably not as graceful, Um, but also just seemed to flow so perfectly. And I had that feeling of right place, right time, right people, do it. Um... And it was the same with this. It just 
flowed. It flowed even in its, like, perceived, um, perceived roadblocks. Like, um, the woman who was moving out of, or moving into my old place, um, when she was moving out of her other place and renting a U-Haul, the U-Haul, like, they screwed up a reservation. She didn't get it that day. Instead, she got it the next day. Well, it happened to be that the next day I was moving stuff out. And so I, you know, just threw her a little bit of cash and got to move my big stuff too. And it was just perfect. It, it was so perfect. And everything, um, you know, really, I think, worked out because I stayed curious instead of resisting. Instead of pushing against what was, I just accepted it and said, okay, this is happening. Now's the time. Let's just do it. Let's see what happens. And in making that decision to just like trust and go with it and stay curious and um, surrender to what was happening, which doesn't mean just like roll over and let it happen, by the way. It means to not push back and resist and instead accept what's happening, which empowers us to um, go with the flow. And yeah, it just being able to do that made this so, so much easier. And in the end, it unfolded so beautifully. And I'm really happy in the space that I'm in. And I also know that this space is only temporary. And that's something that used to prevent me, I think, from getting comfortable in a space because why? Why bother? Like, I know this isn't forever. I don't know where my forever home is. Um, And at that time, and at that time, I think I had a lot of ideas of like, I should be becoming an adult and buying a house and doing these things and deciding where I want to live and eventually starting a family. And then that's what home is like striving for this, this out in the future idea of what my life would be instead of living life right now. So even though I know, and I'm, that this room in this place is temporary. I'm totally okay with it. And I'm still, I'm putting stuff up on the walls and I'm settling in just like it was my place. And I'm not worried about how long I'm going to be here. Maybe it'll just be six months. Maybe it will only be two. Maybe it'll be six years. I don't know. And that's okay. I don't know. And that's okay. I'm not living for the next place. I'm living for this place right now and just being present and making this home safe, comfortable, energetically pleasing, calming, grounding home. And it's really nice. And yeah, it will be an interesting, um, it's going to be an exercise in putting these other practices into place when I go back to the home that was not chosen. Well, I shouldn't even say that I don't think it's the home 
or that I didn't choose it. Um, I believe that as souls coming into this life, we chose our families. We chose this path for reasons that become apparent as we embark on the unraveling process. Um, at least it has become apparent for me and that's my belief system. Um, it may not be yours and that's okay. Um, but I think that for whatever reason I chose that place and that family and there are lessons for me to learn, but I know that when I go back to that environment, even though I've like done a lot of work around that, a lot of therapy, a lot of my own thinking, reading, understanding, meditating around it, that it's like being thrown back into the fire and it's being thrown into an environment with people who just really know how to like press your buttons. And I think it was like Ram Dass or someone who said like, if you think you're, you're Zen, go home, spend a week with your family, (laughs) see how you do. And yeah, that's, that's what's going to happen. Um, I'm going to go home and see how I do. And I intend to stay open, stay loving, stay curious, surrender my need for control, and trust that I'm in the right place at the right time with the right people and that there's something there. You know, stay, stay curious. Stay curious and open and see what happens. So... That's where I'm at. Um, It was so nice to hop on here and give you all an update and talk about these things that have been unraveling for me right now because I think they're, I tend to sometimes minimize them and hermit and go into my, my own head. And part of this podcast, my intention for it is for me to embrace more expression. Um, Expression for me has been an antidote to depression. And I don't want to be depressed. Does anybody want to be depressed? No. So this is medicine for me. And in my, my journey, I found that often what's medicine for one is medicine for another. Um, That's been really apparent through a lot of the healing um, experiences that I've had with acupuncturists, massage therapists, the sessions that I have, uh, end up not only being incredibly healing for me, but healing for the practitioner as well. And I think I've mentioned this before, I think in episode one, Pema Chodron saying that, um, compassion doesn't, compassion and healing, like don't exist between like people who aren't equal. It exists among equals. Um, so, so I think medicine for me, medicine for you, medicine for the world, healing for me, healing for others. And so getting on here has felt like medicine today. And if you stayed and and listened to my thoughts on home and what's going on in my life, I just want to, from the bottom of my heart, say thank you for listening and 
thank you so much for being there. Thank you so much for thinking about these things for yourself. Thank you so much for being open and curious. Um, and I hope that that keeps serving you well. You must have been curious, you know, and open if you stayed on and listened for these, what, 45 minutes or so. Um, and ask yourself at the end of this, you know, what is home to you? And did any of what I said resonate? And what's your experience been of either maybe trying to control or um, surrendering to uncertainty? What does it mean to be curious to you? Uh, What does going with the flow mean for you? Are you able to do it? Is it something you've experienced? Is it just some hippy-dippy woo-woo stuff that you've heard and you don't really believe in? Or is it something that maybe you can get down with? Um, And check out the four agreements, please. The four agreements, I'm telling you, are life-changing. In fact, there was a book club thing that came up on Facebook, not book club, but like first five people to comment, I'm going to get you a book. And I can tell you there are five people who are probably getting the four agreements if they don't have them already. Um, yeah, cause I love them that much and it will not be the first time that I've gifted them. So again, um, if you listen to this episode, thank you so, so much. If you've listened to any of the episodes, Thank you. Thank you for your support. And I really look forward to connecting more with you here. Now that I am in this home space, I feel more able to relax into sharing and and doing more of this. When I was in that transition, um, that was another thing that came up is how this expression in creativity for me, requires a quieter, more stable home environment, like an actual dwelling environment. I know that like it's a big thing right now for entrepreneurs and people who are doing podcasts and things like that to live this digital nomad life, which I look at and I think is super cool. And I would love to record one of these podcasts someday from like, I don't know, a beach in the U.S. Virgin Islands or something. But I don't know if I could do that. And maybe as I, as I evolve and unravel and find more of that home and peace and calm in, in me, in just me, then I will be able to feel into that space wherever I am, whether it's, you know, living from a van traveling in South America or sitting on a beach somewhere. Um, but right now with where I'm at, I like, I like a home base. I like to have my own space. I like to have a place that I know that I can come home to. And from there I can do things like this. And I can relax into writing and thoughts and, and introspection and meditation and things like that. So anyway, um, back to the gratitude for all of you. 
And if you liked this episode, please share it, um, send it to a friend, leave me a rating review on iTunes if you would. It doesn't take that long and it will really help me reach more people, help me get things out here, help help me achieve my mission of getting more people to read the four agreements. (laughs) It'll make my life and yours so much better. It'll make the world so much better, I promise you. Um, And just, uh, yeah, share share this message. Um, And hopefully keep listening because it's really nice to have you here with me on this unraveling journey. So until next time, lots of love to you. Hey there guys, it's me again. Um, so I just wanted to make a little note about this episode. Um, I recorded it literally like right in the middle of January and right before I was supposed to make a trip home, which you heard me reference in this episode. And, um, you may be listening and going, um, but it's the beginning of February. Um, why'd it take so long to get this out to you? And, um, I just want to say that I uh, some stuff came up and this isn't by the way I'm not like explaining why it took so long to get out. I just want to hop on here and kind of keep you current and also update you on how I'm finding the process of producing this podcast and also how sometimes things come up and plans change and we have to go with the flow. And literally the day after I recorded this podcast, I talked to my mom and she was freaking out because there was a big snowstorm that was supposed to hit that area um, the day that she was going to come and get me from Pittsburgh. And um, so she didn't want to drive. She was going to hire someone and it was seeming like it was really stressing her out and it was going to cost more money. And the high was supposed to be something like seven degrees. I mixed that up. I thought it was the low. Nope the high was going to be seven degrees. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. Um, I did not get a ticket to the Just Lively event that my friends were going to. And so I wasn't going to get to spend quite as much time with them as I had hoped that I would. And then my mom's mother-in-law ended up, um, in the ER and, um, Uh, She has since passed away. Um, She was in the ER and then they were moving her to hospice. And so it was just so much stress on my mom. And even though she really wanted to see me and I was looking forward to going home and seeing family, it just didn't feel right anymore. And so even though I had a plane ticket and I had this time off from work and I had committed to going and had all these ideas about going home, I decided, you know what, like the universe is telling me now is not the right time. So I, um, I took a break. Um, I I kept my time off and took a little break from all the responsibilities and accepted that like, wow, this opened up so much space for me and I spent some more time settling into home. And I talk about that in a later episode. Um, I don't go into detail about um, why I had all the the time to do this um, organizing and and whatnot. Um, But I will, I think, talk about more in depth, like this decision to, not this decision, but this like following that intuitive 
flow of the way that things are unfolding. And if it's not in relation to um, these recent events, it'll be in relation to something else. And also, I wanted to share with you how I am finding it to be in producing this. And I like record an episode when the inspiration comes and when I have something I want to share with you. And then there's an editing process. And I'm so lucky and so grateful to have a friend who is also an amazing editor for audio for video. She is a virtual assistant for spiritual entrepreneurs, and she is just an all-around badass. And um, I probably am so grateful for her, and I probably don't um, interact with her enough on this. So, like, I try and do it all myself, and this is a lesson in me learning to um, let someone else take the reins once my part is done because the whole process will go a little bit more quickly. So I'm going to play around with a better flow for what happens to this audio once it's out of my brain and um, onto an audio file and see if we can get a way to get these things out faster. Um, That way it's just a more... um, streamlined, flowy, um, up-to-date sort of process. Um, Podcasts are a lot of work, y'all. I kind of, like, I knew that because so many other people had told me that. Um, But, of course, it doesn't sink in, like, so many other lessons in life. It doesn't sink in until we experience it ourselves. Um, Clarity comes from engagement, as my friend Marie Forleo says. And um, she's got a lot of great stuff. Really, really really like her. Um, that clarity comes from engagement is something that I remind myself of a lot. So anyway, that's all. That's all that I have to update for now. And um, yeah, thanks so much for being a part of this unraveling with me. Hope you've been well. Until next time, lots of love to y'all. Bye.